0: Final call, the mile mark, final call. All runners report to the start line. The mile mark starts now. Welcome to the Mile Mark. I'm your host, Matt Dahl. This is episode 10 of the Mile Mark podcast, another Friday edition dropping your way. We are a distance runner's podcast talking about everything in the world of distance running, diving into the minds of those doing the sport on a daily basis. We know there's a lot to talk about in this sport, and we try to get to all of it. Remember to like the Mile Mark on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash the mile mark. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore doll13. And also, hey, remember, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Open up the podcast app on your iPhone or any device and search the mile mark. Hit subscribe. You can also listen to the show on Stitcher.com. And we are, of course, powered by SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com The mile, Mark. But all right, we've got a good episode for you for episode number 10. Gary Rosenberg joins the program. And Gary, well, he works with Garmin. I mean, he's been running for many years. It's actually been 30 years that he's been running, and he's been through quite a bit. And the cool thing now, like I said, Gary working for Garmin. If you're a distance runner, chances are you've got a Garmin watch Uh, And if not, you've you've definitely probably seen one and maybe even used one if you don't have one, and I'm sure you're considering buying one if you're a distance runner. Uh, Pretty much everybody I hear has a watch that's beeping every mile on their distance run, so you're becoming more and more familiar with the Garmin line of products. Gary works with Garmin, and we do talk a bit about Garmin how far it's come in his time with the company and all the great things about having a Garmin watch. But, I mean, with Gary, just like any other show, uh, we talk about the journey through running and all the different things Gary's gone through uh, to now sort of running in the master's phase of his running career. Uh, You know, he's got plenty of experience in marathons. He's run nine. Uh, Like I said, he's been been a runner for 30 years. Uh, He's from New Jersey. He ran at Rutgers and has really found all different sorts of great positives throughout this sport, uh, and we do touch upon all that. And it, 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 I think Gary's a great example of a guy who, who loves running, and he is making sure he finds his way to continue to love that on a daily basis, even now that he's in his 40s. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of great things that's come his way, in his time in running so it's a very fun discussion and there is a lot we get into and like i said he works for garmin he's a sales manager there he's been with them for 12 years uh and uh you know he he even points out while we're doing this he sees me with the vivo fit on he points out the garmin product there and then uh Then he even he gets me to admit that, you know, even at this point now, uh, you know, getting ready to start training for marathon number four. uh, You know, I got to admit to him, I got the the lowest and the cheapest uh, Garmin watch you can have. I'm only on the Garmin 10. I've been saying forever, I've got to upgrade. And uh, actually, after we ended up recording this, I did say to him, yeah, I'm going to finally get around to buying a new Garmin. So I'll give you a call soon. He's been doing it for a long time, and he's he's got a lot to say, so it's a very fun discussion with Gary Rosenberg for this week's show. If you you think you know somebody that might want to listen to it, uh, send them the Facebook page, send them the SoundCloud link, send them the iTunes link, whatever. Let them know, hey, we got this cool little podcast about distance runners, and a lot of fun stories come from it. Uh, this is episode 10 now, so you've got 10 hours worth of stuff uh, the moment this episode starts to play for you, and there's a lot you can listen to. If you've only heard a couple, uh, really go back and listen to all of them. They, they've all been a lot of fun to do. and. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hit double digits now, number ten, and uh, Gary's going to get to be the one to hold that title of being the tenth episode, the one bringing this podcast into double digit territory. So uh, let's get right to it. We'll stop wasting. We'll stop dragging this intro out. Uh, here's a fun talk with Gary Rosenberg of Garmin, running for thirty years now, nine marathons to his name, and plenty other running stories. Here's me talking with Gary. You've been doing it for a long time now. I guess it's well over 20 years. You've been running. 30. 30 years, man. So if we go all the way back, we go back to year one, what was the start like for you? What drew you to this sport?
1: <laughs> I didn't start running regularly until high school. Um, I did, I guess, you always run um, in school. You know, you have your your gym class and stuff like that. But yeah. I didn't really start organized running until high school. That's We didn't have any. Um Although where I grew up, they had this like Hub Lakes track meet every summer, but there was no training. You just go up and run in a race. Um, So that's pretty much it, though. I didn't start till uh, freshman uh, when I went to Morris Hills, and I really haven't stopped since.
0: And so what was like your first draw to it? You know, what made you kind of go out and be like, yeah, I'd like to give this a try?
1: Um, Well, I was always one of the fastest kids growing up, and uh, so I always thought I was fast. (laughs) <laughs> until i get to like middle school and i was the smallest kid so it's kind of hard when everybody's like a foot tall on you to still be the fastest but i was still i still thought i was fast um then i, I decided you know i want to run track because i kind of like that It was the only sport I, I thought i would really like i did soccer um and i think i still not sure exactly how i got into cross country you know uh i wasn't planning on doing soccer because the team at our school wasn't all that great um and next thing i know i got this thing saying hey sign up for cross country you know get your." Um, um, your physical, I'm like, okay, and that's how I started. Um, how I made it past the first season of cross country, I'm not sure, it was not fun. <laughs> um, I still remember you know, coach sending us out to do a three mile loop and thinking, This is miserable, I, I can't do this. You know, you go out, you stop, um, you walk around, you, you stop back, like a quarter it, it,
0: mile into it, and you're like, Yeah, oh, this is awful. <laughs>
1: it, it was, um, but like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it, and be at the, the uh, the more fun it becomes. But I, I wish. I knew back in high school, I'm, I know everybody says this, but if I <laughs> wish I knew now do. because the first two, at least for the two, two years of high school, I didn't do even half of the stuff that I was supposed to do. Yeah. You know, a coach would be like, okay, your group is doing, you know, 10 quarters or whatever. And he can't keep track of everybody. So, like, how many did you do? Yeah, we did 10, you know, even though you do like six or seven. Um, but every year I'd be more dedicated to do more things and I got better. And I was like, you know, this is really something you need to do if you want to get good at this.
0: Now going back uh, thirty years, you said Morris Hills, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's you know what's the sport like then? Because now, uh, yeah, to a point, it's I would say it's becoming more and more popular, especially amongst high schoolers. You know, it seems seems more acceptable thing to do. Thirty years ago, you know, what's it like when you're doing it? I mean, it was, are you are you guys running still... around in gym shorts and it just looks weird and <laughs> awkward?
1: <laughs> well, it is. That's pretty funny because you know. Um, there wasn't really as much technical gear back then. I mean, yeah. I keep in mind, I'm not that old, <laughs> but, um, it was mostly running in like sweatpants, you know, and, and, cutoff sweatpants and, you know, tights were just becoming something more popular back then, but I didn't feel comfortable wearing them okay. or I have no problem wearing them now. Um, <laughs> but you know what I, I find it, the, I don't think high school as far as, you know, um, the participation is that much different now than it was. I've seen ebbs and flows throughout everything you know high school college, well not necessarily college, high school and even road races um if you go back before when i was in high school the road races the road racing scene was huge you know it was competitive um i've run in races now that i've won running minutes slower than i when i've run it like 20 years ago when i came in like 50th oh wow um, they're just not that competitive anymore uh overall um you know still some but um yeah, you know, the thing is, like, my high school, we had a decent team, but we weren't that deep. So, you know, you end up having to run a lot of races. And when a, I find that when a school gets good, more people want to come out, and then more people come out, you're going to have better runners. And then you don't have to run, you know, a 400 when you're a distance runner. <laughs> All
0: you, right. know, you don't have
1: to do the long jump because you have nobody else to do the long jump. Um, I mean, I enjoy doing those things, yeah, but it's hard to get good at one event when you're running the quarter and coming back and doing the two-mile, and then in between you're doing a long jump. Yeah, it's a tough Um,
0: triple, I'd say. I
1: I enjoyed it, but it did make it more difficult to be the better miler, the better half-miler, the better whatever you want to be. Um, But, you know, probably the biggest thing, and I talk about this all the time, I think it's pretty funny. When I went to – when I graduated high school, my senior year, um, New Jersey had some of the best runners in the country. Um, Back then, there was no Nike Nationals. It was just Foot Locker. Right. And I think in the finals, we had Jason Joseph, who was second, Uh, Mike Mikotak, who was third. And I think it was uh, John Coyle, who was the other guy there. I'm not positive. And he was like seventh or eighth or whatever. He was like top ten. So three New Jersey guys in top ten. It was pretty impressive. But you have no idea what's going on. Like now you can look on the internet and see everybody. (laughs) I remember going to the meet of champions, um, which I didn't qualify for, and watching Mike Mikotak just – Bolt out in the first half mile. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, and he ended up being one of the best runners in the country. I had no idea who he was. Yeah, you know, that would not happen today.
0: Yeah, now everybody Duh. knows everybody. Everybody's following yeah. him on Twitter. They read about him on, yeah. dice you know, <laughs> everywhere.
1: <laughs> and I think that also makes it better because people see what everyone's doing. It's like, well, if they could do it, I could do it. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like this. You know, if you look back. Um, when everyone's trying to break the four minute mile when roger banister finally did it all of a sudden everybody could do it everybody like, well, wants it, to
0: yeah all right <laughs>
1: like well he can do what i could do it you know you think he can't do it but he's like well if all these guys are running his times you know i can run that fast yeah so exactly. i think th- i think the internet definitely helps people run faster
0: yeah you know it's sort of opening up your eyes to what what is out there in the sport and what people can do and like you said it just shows them hey why why not give it a try and that's like – and I'm sure in 30 years doing it for you, you've seen it grow just so much in so many different ways, uh, just through social media, through yeah. awareness about the sport and just the size of these meets too. I know you said the road race scene may be a little different now, but I mean you go to some of these high school meets, I mean the, the performances are incredible. Same with collegiate yes. meets. It's 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 all just – such a different landscape now uh, even going back just a decade ago it's changed greatly so it's been a quite an evolution in the sport and so for you you know you've seen so many different changes I mean were you always figuring this is something you're going to be a part of after your first couple years doing it and learning what to do to be successful at it were you just like yeah this is something I really want to just keep up with um
1: it's a good question I I mean, when I was in high school, I started doing it and I, I enjoyed it and I met a lot of good friends and, and really running in high school was the most fun I ever had. Um, nothing's ever been compared to that. It's, it was great. I had a lot of fun and every year I got better and I competed better and um, I always felt like I could get better. So I kept wanting to do more. I went to college and that did not happen. Um, I ran like crap in college. I It just didn't, the program didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, when I got out, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I ended up running into some people and joining a club. um, And from there, it just snowballed into continuing to like it again. Um, And then I started running faster again when I got away from college. Now, where did you go to college? I went to Rutgers.
0: Okay. And what was that transition like for you, you know, and just where you just – you didn't have the same Uh, feel for it in high school?
1: It's – I mean, I think for a lot of people, it just – Different, yeah. Um, different coaching, different different atmosphere. The coaching didn't work for me, um, you know. And I, when I was in high school, because I did all those different events, I got to college, and for whatever reason, they seemed to think I was a half miler, and I was far from a half miler. I was more of a distance runner. I just could run a half mile. Yeah. So, like first season, you cross country, I'm training with the half milers, and they're not I'm not allowed to to race. I'm like, no, I'm a cross country runner, and they're like, no, you're a half miler. I'm like, I'm not. Oh. So I remember my, <laughs> I'm training with these guys, and. Um, the year earlier, they had run something like seven twenty. You know, um, which is fast. I mean, I average like yeah. one fifty. And all I think all but one of the guys came back. And and I I was doing some workouts with these guys, which is ridiculous. I mean, I was a two minute half miler in high school, which is okay, but it's not a one fifty right and
0: um it's a big difference and i would
1: I, yeah and but i you would think that would be like okay you don't do the same workout with them right or at least slower so i would i remember doing these workouts and i'd literally come back from the workout and pass out my dorm floor you, and pro- you up probably felt
0: like you were racing like in those Every workouts time. yeah
1: it, it was not it didn't work for me and yeah. i was i was not really running better um it was actually i was running worse and then i came to uh, my freshman year was over and um my high school coach said, Hey, can you come help out one of our guys? He was running really well. He was a sophomore when I was in high school and as a junior he was running he was running really well. He ended up coming in um his senior year, he was second in the state. So he was a oh, good wow. runner. Okay. Um so I said, Can you can you do a workout with him? I, I need somebody to help him. I'm like, sure. So I was like, one to work he like, hey, listen, he needs to run a fast six hundred. Can why don't you just finish it up and run an eight? And at the time I never broke two. I ran two flat in high school. You know, I just missed it by like a, a couple tenths. Okay and in high school in college I just wasn't running very well. So So he says, well, you're going to go through in like 120. Might as well just finish up and break two. I'm like, oh, how hard is that, right? (laughs) So and I did. The first time I ever broke two was in a practice.
0: That's funny. Um, What are the
1: odds? (laughs) So I was like, I know I can do this if I were to train properly or better for me. But um, yeah, college for me, it almost got me to stop running. Actually, the longest break I've ever taken from running aside from injury was my sophomore year because I came out for the team for cross country. um, And technically, I made the team because top 12 in the time trial made it. And I finished 10th. But I was immediately cut. Um, I don't know how. But I was like, I was so fed up. I, I just stopped running for at least six months. Um, and then wow. I suddenly got back into it. And I, and I joined again the next year. And and I, and I was running. Um, but it was when I got out of college, it became fun again. You know, joining. I've been on, I guess, about four different clubs. Um, okay but it's it's been that's really been the fun part of it.
0: Now how much time uh after college did it take to start to find that fun again? Because I know some people it takes it could take years. Um what was it like for you the transition going leaving college and finding the joy?
1: The fun part came right away, but I wasn't really running very well and okay. you know, I'm sure everybody who runs knows when you're not running as well as you think you can, whether you can or not, <laughs> um it's not as fun. So you know like um I think it took me about two years of running with this club and and um, and training with them before I started getting into a good groove and started running better um, and then I finally my my times really dropped dramatically I think within about two years it dropped dramatically like um, I went from running you know in college breaking 17 for a 5k which shouldn't be that hard but you know, you don't run many 5Ks in college, but when I got right. out, I didn't break 17 that often. I'd run 16, 50, 17 minutes, whatever, you know, it'd be right around 17, which isn't, it's all relative. You know, people say, some people say that's really fast and other people yeah. say that's really slow, but, um, it's nothing special. Um, and then like, once I got into a groove, I was breaking 16 and you know, that's when I started really enjoying my running when you can be competitive.
0: Right. That's when you're um, hitting I'm, it and you get that groove and you're like, all right, yeah. this is, this is my thing now. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I'm trying to get back there and it's. Very hard as you get older, especially when you got thirty years <laughs> running under your legs,
0: yeah, that's a lot of beating up on there, uh I'm sure it's yeah. tough to do, so okay, so you go, you start running some faster five ks again and and now, where's your head at as a runner? are you thinking man i should I should really just keep bumping up the distance i I think a marathon is is one of my sights here,
1: yeah, that was never on my radar um, I was <laughs> that's never what, a, that's I, what they was, all say. <laughs> So I was never a high mileage guy, and um, one of the guys I met when I got out of college, about a year or so out of college, actually, his name was Guy. He was a really big distance runner, um, okay. and he was a streaker. You know, he was in the middle of I I don't know when I met him. He was probably twelve years of not missing a day, uh, and he ran marathons. Wow, and he that's... was trying to get me to run a marathon, and I was like, "No, nah, that's way too far." Um, but I he <laughs> he got me into thinking I'm going to go a year without missing a day. Um, Cause when I was out of college, you know, part of the thing is it's, if you want to be good at a sport or actually, if you want to be good at anything, by the way, I see nice vivo fit. Oh, thank
0: you. <laughs> representing <laughs> here. I'm representing yeah. for you.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, I, I was like, you know, I'm going to run every day. Cause I, I was like, you get home from work and I'm like, I'm hungry. I don't want to run. You know, I'm tired. I want to run. It's very easy to not do it. It's yeah. very easy to be lazy. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm just going to get in a habit and run every day for a year and see if I can do it, and I did. And I got that's when I got the biggest jump because I went from running anywhere from four, five, six days a week to every day. Um, and then he was like, uh, Why don't you run a Boston Marathon? I'm like, No, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's way too far. So I decided, <laughs> it's like you know, I'll try it, but you got to qualify. So I ran. Um, they had this marathon um, in Johnson Park down by um, New Brunswick, Piscataway. Right by Rutgers. I'm like, okay, well, I trained there. I know where it is. And it was five, I think it was five laps back and forth.
0: Oh, that awful, like, it's like that 20K 20K. stretch. It's like the
1: 20K, but you go farther down and you do it more times. Oof. Um, (laughs) The thing is, it's flat. Um, My friends could come watch. You know, they run with me. It was nice. And I'm like, okay, I could do this. You know, you have to run at time, 310. If I run 7 miles, it's 303. I got a big seven-minute window. Um, And by the way, going into marathon, my longest run, I had one 20 mile run, which killed me. And I had no more than 50. <laughs> mi- I never ran more than 50 miles in a week. All right. So, um, but I don't, I didn't know any better. Yeah. So I run this race and I'm running with my friends, jump in, we're running together, and I'm having a good time. I still remember, like, I was like, I'm going to tell a joke every mile. And I, I, at one point, I think I ran out of <laughs> jokes because I couldn't think anymore.
0: Yeah, right. But uh, short on material.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should have been prepared. So I think we got to around, like, every, every now and then, one of the guys was like, you're running too fast. So I'd slow down and you get back into it because, like, seven miles, really isn't that fast i mean no it when you're doing a run it doesn't feel like when, when you're right. doing a marathon when you get to mile 20 it feels fast
0: that's yeah but, um,
1: <laughs> so i was out there and i and i finally got to somewhere in the 20s and i'm looking at the watch i'm like you know if i run a little bit faster i can break three hours and i always just figured if you break three hours a marathon you're really good okay um, and that's i guess that's still technically true but i don't feel that way anymore
0: <laughs> yeah. well, once um, you do it once you do it you yeah. know it's so behind I, you. i
1: broke i broke three hours and i'm like this isn't that hard you know, so I went to Boston, my friend, um, I did the same thing, never ran over 50 miles in the week. I ran one 20 mile run, which killed me again, um, and I go to Boston, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to race this. So that's when I learned what it means to hit the wall. Uh, that hurt. Uh, you know, for, for one, and I it was so naive when it came to the marathons. For one, back then, Boston was at noon, it started noon, not like now, right. it starts in the morning, early. So I don't know when it's hot. That doesn't mean anything to me. It's like 70 degrees. That's hot. I, I mean, it seems like a nice day. Yeah. Um, so I mean I get some every time I run Boston, and uh, and I finish race and I just I was like I was like somebody shoot me I said this is too much pain <laughs>
0: this is awful um, yeah because that's not that flat little uh, two mile stretch you're doing thirteen times in New Brunswick this no. is this is a totally yeah. different beast here
1: <laughs> and and the thing is I I blew up but not that bad I ended up not okay. running that bad but I mean I ran two fifty two I'm like you know when I look at it now I like, that's not really that bad yeah um, but I ended up running three more Boston's. And I, in each time, I trained a little bit more, but I never really trained. Um, I don't know why. I didn't know what to do. I think is what it came down to. Okay. Um, I ran a little bit more miles each time. I do a little, a couple different workouts, but I really didn't know how to train for a marathon. And I got my time down, pretty good considering. But I think it was more off of just my youth and my strength. Um, I think I ever ran a hundredth marathon, the hundredth Boston, by the way, okay. which was. Um, Cool and not cool at the same time because everybody wanted to be there. There was way too many people. Yeah. People are jumping in. I mean, there's no reason you should get to mile 15 and have some big fat guy, you know, walking <laughs> a 20 minute mile in front of you. Like get out of my way because you're weaving. You're weaving the whole way. There's that many people. Yeah, that's um, true. But um, I got my time in Boston down to 2:39, which wasn't that bad. But the day I did that, it was one of those ones. I mean, if you, I think you've run Boston for right?
0: Uh, yeah, just this past April.
1: Yeah. And you had the headwind the whole way, right? Yep. So, you know, yep. so when you have the headwind and I, once again, I had no idea, you know, but people were like, oh, you can't run fast. He's the headwind. I'm like, but we're here. What are you going to do?
0: Right. You're not thinking so, about it. You, you're just running your race. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'm running and like, and everyone's like, Eric, hey, you're going to be slow. I'm like, and I didn't run what I thought I was capable of running, but I, you know, still wasn't bad. But I decided um, somewhere about a year or two after when I, I, cause that was not my last Boston. But then I decided, so you know what, I'm not going to run a marathon again until I decided that I'm going to put the time in because I wasn't getting any better. And it's not fun when you're not running it's a lot of work.
0: Yeah. Uh, even yeah. when you're not
1: putting the work in, it's still a lot it's of work. It's
0: a lot of hours on a weekly basis yeah. you're, you're dealing still, with. Yeah.
1: I decided um, I'm not going to run another one until I feel like running one. And if that's never, then it's never. So about, uh, it was five years before I never, ran another one. And um, and it ended up being one of, one of these guys I ended up running into. Um, we met, we started running together. He wanted to run a marathon. I was coaching him. He ran 242. I'm like, that's pretty good for someone who has only been training for a year so I'd then i said, so. like let's run together let's do a marathon so we decided to do a marathon the following year we were going to go to chicago and now i knew how to train for a marathon so i trained um i believe though to run a good marathon you need three years of good training marathon training uh so this is really my first now and i ran i ran well i didn't run as well as i want to because you forget how to do the things you need to do like day of race i'm sitting there drinking like a gallon of gatorade which is stupid
0: and oops and the gun
1: goes off i'm like oh my god i feel awful yeah and the whole race i had such a stomach ache that it was me my friend two of my friends and and the whole time we were training i was pulling my friend through all the workouts and all the work the long runs i'm like listen you gotta do some of the work so we get to the race and i didn't do any of the work because i felt awful <laughs> um but i i considering i still ran My PR, I ran a 235, but he ran a 233. I'm like, he shouldn't have been beating me. Um, He was a good runner. Obviously, he's a very good runner, but I just feel like I I pulled him through all the stuff. Um, So then the next year, we trained again, um, and I ran 232. That's when I ran 232 at at Philly. And I was like, you know I didn't think I was ready to break 230, but I thought I had a shot. And um, yeah, I'm sure you've probably had it before. You're running a marathon, and if everything's going well, you're like you feel like you're walking yeah you're, it's the when,
0: most amazing feeling in the world it's like you're yeah, as unstoppable as ever
1: <laughs> i've had it once and i was running i was running philly and i'm like okay I, you know you to break three you gotta run 543 i'm like okay. i don't think i'm ready but i think if i have a good day you know i could do it maybe and be close and i'm clicking off like 538 and i just like, too fast slow down you know 542 and i'm i'm right i'm ahead I'm, I'm on pace for 228 through 10 miles and i'm like you know what i'm pretty sure i'm gonna break 230 today um and I think that a lot of the course is the same. That at least the first half is the same. So you go up the hill by the um um by the zoo. I don't know if you remember right. that. Yeah. So you go up the hill and I don't know what happened. All I know it felt like somebody walked up behind me and took two daggers and them with my cats. <laughs> oh, and both at the same time. Like I've never had this happen before. and it was I was scared. I was like, I never had this. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I slowed down. I'm like, do I have to stop? You know, I don't want to stop. Right. So I eased up, hoping that it would go away. And it it got better, but it never went away. So I was just trying to be careful. Um and I ended up going um, a couple minutes slower in the second half. But I, I don't know. I'm not saying I would have run faster if that didn't happen. Maybe I would have pushed too hard and blew up. I don't know. But I felt like I'm ready. I said, next race, I'm going to do it. But then next race, you get hurt. Next race, it's 75 degrees, you know, yeah. 90% humidity, uh, then hurt again. It's Something always happens. I'm like And after you kept doing that, I'm like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's just too much work. It's such a letdown. Um, I haven't done one in eight years now. And I don't oh, know wow. if I ever will.
0: So what was the last, which was the last one that you did? Uh, New Jersey. Okay. So
1: it was my same friend. He's like, "Hey, we should do New Jersey together." You know, um, we'll go one two. I'm like, <laughs> I only want to run. A, like my whole goal for marathons, I could care less about place. Like right. it's nice to play in a big marathon, but I just want time.
0: Right. That's all uh, you're running for. That's what you're training all for. For marathon,
1: that's yeah. all I care. Yeah. So um, I said, I don't think we're gonna have enough competition to pull us through two thirty. He's like, "Well, we'll work together." Uh, by the way, he had run two twenty six the year earlier. And we were training together and I knew he was running much better. And I said, you know, I, I can stay within two minutes of him, but I got hurt and he ran 226. I'm like, I don't think he would have beaten by four minutes, but it doesn't mean anything. I didn't right. get to do it, so I can't do it. And I ran another marathon. Um, it was a national championships in uh, Twin Cities. And it was one of those, it was like 75 degrees at the start, really humid and just mm. kept getting hotter. Yeah. And I tried to do it, but three miles in, I'm like, I can't do this. Um, and I didn't run a very fast time, but I beat a lot of people. Uh, I think I was like the first non-elite sub-elite runner. Okay. And I had a lot of people who I knew who were there, who were two twenty-ish marathoners, and, and I beat them. And like, oh, your time is definitely, or your effort is definitely worth a uh, sub two thirty. I'm like, but it means nothing. Right. Like, exactly. If I, if I don't have it. <laughs> it means nothing. Right.
0: You can, so, you can I throw, you can throw all the bells and whistles at it that you want. It's what the time says when you cross that finish line, that's right. what you've run. It doesn't matter. You know, if there was a hurricane, it was a hundred degrees. It was two degrees. It doesn't matter.
1: Well, you know, that's another, if you can look at the flip side, like um, Boston, that year where everybody was running really, really fast when they had beautiful temperature and a tailwind the whole way, you know, I think in gen, I think it's people in general, but especially runners, they're they're just so negative. Yeah. You know, if somebody runs a good time, well, it's because um, they had a tailwind the whole way.
0: Exactly. Like,
1: hey, they ran it. It's right. still down on the paper.
0: There's, there's never I'll nobody's nobody's ever willing to give full credit to any distance runner. It's always ah, but if they, they ran have that Well, happen. I would have
1: run this if I was there.
0: Exactly. Like, okay.
1: <laughs> so, it, it, and that's the one thing I find more and more as I get older. Just so many cynical and angry people out there yeah. running and they make it not fun. And I just oh, like, dis- distance running
0: it. distance running is a bitter sport. <laughs> it's a bitter sport.
1: <laughs> I've, I've been doing it long enough that I, I try not to do that because everybody I think yeah. does it to some degree. And when I see myself doing it, I stop because it's it just makes it not fun. Like why can't yeah. somebody just enjoy that somebody ran well? Hey, you ran well. Great. Congratulations. Exactly. I don't see that happen too often.
0: Because at the end of the day, I mean, how many percentage of people that are going out there running every day are actually professionals? You know, for the most part, we should all be doing this for fun. Like that's the whole idea. You don't have to get exactly. so crazy about it like some people do.
1: It, it is supposed to be fun. And this is a big part of my life. It makes – I enjoy it. It's fun. And – and when some people take that fun away, it makes me really, really mad. Yeah, um, There are some real assholes out there.
0: Oh, for sure. I'm with you. And, and they, they will try to drag you down as much as they can. But, I mean, hey, sometimes yeah. that's the beauty of being a distance owner Sometimes you can pound away from all of it. Uh, yeah. so, so 230... It's better when you can
1: pound away from them.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's better when
1: you can beat them.
0: Drop, drop them in a half marathon like uh, with three yeah. miles to go Just start burying it's them. It's
1: getting harder and harder to do that.
0: <laughs> so 232 is the marathon PR then.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think I have any more PRs left in this body. That's a good one, though.
0: That's that's a good one to walk away with.
1: The goal was to break two thirty. I was pretty confident I could do it, but you know, it's just too many things happen. Yeah. So um, and that's
0: you know, and uh, so how many? It sounds like you've run like ten, uh, about ten or so. Nine. I've run nine. I haven't
1: run that many. Yeah. Um, I did five, and then took a five-year break, and did four more.
0: Okay. Um, And I mean, like, so you know very well that it's so hard when you're just training for one race to actually yeah. have that one race go your oh, way. Yeah. I mean, man, you can have in that training block, let's say you're working four months towards it. You run every single day and every run can be great. But if one thing goes wrong on race day, it doesn't matter. That, it's all out the window. That's why I don't window. do it anymore. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> that's why
1: I say like, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I know some people who train and uh, get coached by people and, like, I don't watch you doing any races during during your marathon buildup. I'm like, and what happens if you have a bad day? So you just blew four months of training? Yep. You know, um, I, I like racing during marathon training. I like to, to see how good I feel. You know, you're usually tired during training, but you always run fast.
0: Yeah, you're just, you, you're just an incredible fitness level for yourself. But yeah. to have it all come together over 26.2, no matter who you are, is a very challenging thing. I mean, we've seen pros who try to run 209, Blow up and run, you know, two eighteen on in yeah. plenty of plenty of marathons, and and you, and you don't hear too much about it, but that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, now, let me yeah. ask this: all the marathons you've run uh, in the big cities, which is the best?
1: Oh, Boston, without a doubt.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good answer.
1: <laughs> I I I love Boston. I mean, everything about it. Yeah. I mean, the course does have some parts where you're not really happy with it, but I mean, I've run uh, Chicago, which was. It was okay. You know, it wasn't a bad course. I've run uh Philly, which I Philly was probably my favorite course. Yeah. But Philly uh Boston definitely my, my favorite marathon. Um and you know, I ran around Twin Cities, which I hated that one. <laughs> um I think you hate every marathon we don't run well. But I yeah. didn't like it anyway. I'm going to go with I didn't like it. Uh New Jersey Marathon I I they've changed it since, but I hated that because it was a double loop. First, I ran that injured from from first step.
0: Yeah, it doesn't Um, help.
1: So that wasn't fun. And then I've had lots of back issues since college, and that was one of them where I had a back issue going into it, and I finished it. I barely could walk, and I couldn't. I couldn't run for six six weeks after that. Um, and I still. And the thing that makes me upset is I came in third. My friend won. I came in third, so we didn't do the one two like we said. But I ran two thirty six, which isn't bad for a bad marathon. No, I can't run. I can barely run a half at that pace now, <laughs> and I and that's where it gets frustrating. Yeah. I've run. I've only run a handful of marathons in the last few years under one eighteen, and I was doing that with my back out. <laughs> so um, it's <laughs> that's a little frustrating. You, that's why
0: you can't think about those things. You gotta you gotta push them as far out of the mind as possible. Uh.
1: <laughs> That's the hardest thing about getting old. I'll tell you, you if you're still running 20 years from now, what are you, what, 27?
0: Uh, 27, yeah.
1: If you're still running, you know, 15, 20 years from now, you don't really feel like you're running slower. You yeah. just know you are because you look at the times.
0: Yeah. Right. It's all, <laughs> so it I'm probably, like, it probably feels like a harder effort. And you're like, man, this is, this feels like I'm clipping uh, five, 10 miles here. But oh, that was a 620.
1: Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, I, it took me, four years to learn how to train as a master. Okay. And I feel like I've gotten that mostly down. Um, and now at my age, you know, I'm not, I'm still I'm not that old, but I'm pretty far into my master's. I'm in 44 now and I'm running my best times now than I did when I was, you know, four years ago, because I finally figured out what's going on. Um, a lot of things not going well, but like when I was 39, I was running really well and then I got hurt. And from then to now I was kind of running like shit. Um, and it's not fun. When you're not running well, it's not fun. It takes, nah. it takes a lot of
0: fun out of it. Yeah, because you know, it just goes back to what you said of the amount of time you're putting into it. I mean it gets so much harder to force yourself out for a morning run before work or an evening run when you get home when there's yeah. no positive results there. It's like, oh, why am I going out for an hour when it's uh, pitch dark and 24 degrees outside? You know, you start to ask yeah. yourself those sort of questions. But when you're right racing well – no yeah. question. You're you you like give me an hour and a half in twenty degree weather. What do I care?
1: You, you know the the thing that's great about my job now is that I don't have to get up at five o'clock or six o'clock to run. I don't have to run at eight o'clock at night. Lucky. Usually. <laughs> yeah, because if I'm working from home, which I am about half time, I'll run whenever I can fit it in, and it's usually during the winter. I'm like I don't want to run a dark. I don't want to run cold, so I run eleven. Right. Um, and now I'll run you know earlier usually if it's getting hot, but I run whenever I I can, and if I'm on the road. I'm usually not seeing anybody before nine o'clock anyway. So it's not like I have to rush to get up. So it, it is nice. Um, it doesn't necessarily make me train better. But it does make <laughs> my training. It de- makes my training better.
0: It keeps you enthusiastic uh, about it. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. I'll, well, it does get depressing going to the track by yourself, though, all the time. You know, That's you sit up there and you're like, this is not fun. And, you know, <laughs> I thought it called b I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but I, you, you know, during workouts it hurts, right? Yeah. And you're pushing through this pain, and I don't know. I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm at the track and there's nobody there because I'll do it at like ten o'clock, eleven o'clock in the morning, and um, no one's around. I'm like, if I had a heart attack and died, nobody would see me for like hours. <laughs> what do we, what I? What do I, you think I like about I, it? I, I, I that goes through my head sometimes, like because I was like, wow, this hurts. What if I have a heart attack?
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, really. What if I'm what, as I'm in the middle of these sixteen by quarters? What happens if I drop yeah. dead on the ace one? <laughs> Does, does, see is, me. is it so is the, the high class. school team that finds me the next day?
1: <laughs> I'm always happy if I see somebody cutting the lawn. I'm like, oh, at least that, that guy will see <laughs> me if I if I drop. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> Oh, so so that's what training like a master's is in life. You just wonder when you're going to die during a workout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, what a a way to look at it. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) I'm looking forward to running in my 40s now. Boy, oh boy. Eh, That's not bad. So, okay, so what is your your running like these days? Uh, 30 years into the sport, marathons behind you. Uh, I mean, I know you've been doing a handful of 5Ks. I know in Jersey we just had the President's Cup the other night. That looked like you ran pretty well. What's running like for you at 44 now? Like what what's the training you're doing? What are you trying to get um, out of yourself?
1: A lot of things have changed in the last five years of my running. Um, when I was getting in my late 30s, like you know, I don't have a whole lot left time of running some PRs, so I kept yeah. trying to. But I was having a lot of back issues, which has is giving me a lot of hamstring pulls. I pulled my hamstring from from time around. I think it was around 38 till now. I think I pulled like seven times. Um, not good. And it's usually cause I, I get my back goes out and then when it goes out, I pull my hamstring and then I'm out for six weeks. Mm. So I was, and I kept pushing. I was like, okay, well I'm going to, I want to get a good 5k. I want to get a mile in. And, um, you know, I, I, and I was running decent. Like when I was 39, even though I'd pulled my hamstring a couple of times, I had gotten actually two of the times I pulled my hamstring was running a mile. You know, it's probably telling me I probably shouldn't do that, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I ran, um, the fifth Avenue mile. And I won. I they. I don't know if you've ever done that, but Fifth Avenue Mile. It's 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 a very nice straight course. You know, you run straight down Fifth Avenue, um, and they do it now in five year age groups. So you run your whole race. Like if you win, if you're running, you're running only against your age group. Okay. Uh, Unless you're elite. I I'm not elite. So (laughs) so I I had run it when I was. I've only run it twice. I ran it when I was 26. Um, when they just had the elite, the New York elite, and then. Under five minutes and over five minutes. That was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Plus the masters races. So I, I was like, I, don't know, I do it under five minutes, you know, and I came in second. I'm like, this is awesome. I got this huge dish, you know, it's a sterling silver dish, and I was like, this is awesome. Um, and I ran four twenty six. I'm like, wow. I'm not, and I wasn't training for it. I didn't, I didn't train for miles back in my twenties. I just jump in a mile. Like I said, if I train for miles, I think I could run pretty fast. Um, but I didn't do that till I was a sub master. So anyway, I come back. Um, I think it was thirteen years later, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this now, and I want to see if I can run as fast. Um, and I pulled my hamstring, but I won. I'm like, this is great. All right. <laughs> but I got nothing. I'm like, you know, that silver dish. I here to win. I'm gonna get a cool thing. I'm like, yeah. I got nothing. I'm like, well, oh, that, come I, on. That, that cool sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd get something out of yeah. this. Yeah, really. But I pulled my hamstring, and then, um, and I ran 4:36. You know, not that it's super fast, but you know, almost a master. It's pretty good. I said, You know, if I can good, do yeah. this without getting hurt, I think I can run fast. Um, and that was my goal. My goal is when I turned 40 to run. You know, under 4:30 for the mile, um, and I pulled my hamstring again right before. I ran a 18, uh, 1500, and I ran another equivalent to around a 4:35, 4:36. Pulled my hamstring, and um, it just didn't work. So I, I've learned a long time ago, and I kept trying to to think that I was wrong. I run much better off of strength than off of speed. Yeah. So if I do a whole lot of speed work, it usually breaks me down, and I run like crap. And if I do a lot of strength, I just need to do a little fine tuning to run fast. So I've run. I've run my fastest track races off of strength. When I ran at 232 Philly, um, I was in my 30s. And two months later, I ran a 202 800 indoors oh, off wow. of strength. So then I was like, wait, if I really train for the half, half mile, I can go back under two minutes. Like yeah. in my 30s, that shouldn't happen. You know, not if I couldn't barely do it in college. Um, but i never did i just kept running 202, 202 202 yeah oh it is such a
0: different like shock to the legs going from that sort of strength distance training to speed work you know it's so man those muscles will really get working in a different way and it'll, it'll beat you up like you said it's hard it's hard
1: <laughs> it, it it was but i was so strong that i'd, I'd be hitting 30 31s and i feel like i was like you know when you're in high school and you get around run a quarter you know, when you're a distance runner, you never get tired. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you love it. I it's your, it's feeling, your favorite thing to do. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like, oh, I love the 400. I don't get tired. And then that's how I felt in the 800. I'm like, I never got tired by the time you're getting tired. It's the last lap and you start picking it up and kicking. So I was like, this is great. Um, but you know, you know, it was, it was running well, but I really enjoyed doing those types of things. I just, I don't think the faster workouts really enjoy me doing them. Yeah. So, um, cause most of the times I've, I've throwing my back out is from doing speed workouts. And that's when I ended up pulling my hamstring. Um, so, but that's pretty much how, uh how my, uh, my trainer's is going in my marathons.
0: Okay. And, and now uh, what sort of racing are you doing these days? Do you still do, try to do a bunch? Or are you a little more limited or what, what's your yeah. agenda? I,
1: I used to run pretty much all the races. And it's another thing. If you're running you know, sometimes you run two races a week, um, or running a, a lot of races in the year, you don't run as well. Uh, but now I can't really I can't really handle it. Yeah. My body can't handle it. I go, I'll run a race and then, you know, uh, the next day or two, I feel awful. Um, so even running a race one week apart, it's way too hard for me to do that. And for the longest time, I kept running so badly that I was like, okay, I, I'm running so badly, I maybe I, I need to run less days. So I went from seven days most of the time to six from six to five. Um, I cut my mileage back. Um, I was only running like, you know, normal run would be like seven miles a day, get a long run in move out over 10 to 13 miles. I'd run like less than 40 miles a week, which I was doing back when I got out of college and I couldn't run fast then, but I wasn't running fast doing it now, but I wasn't running fast doing more. Um, and it took me about till about a year ago to finally figure out what was going on and get things going again. And and the funny thing is it was it was working with Garmin, you know, with my Garmin, that, with, that helped me get there because, you know, we have that Vivo Fit you have there. That's what actually yeah. got me to realize that ever since I started this job, I'm sitting all the time. You know, I'm either sitting at my desk or I'm sitting in my car or I'm sitting at a store. And I never had a job like that before. I was always on my feet doing something. Right. Um, and then we started selling these things. And I'm like, you know, there's all these articles out there how, you know, these, these people sit around all day. The average person says 8 to 10 hours a day and how bad it is for you. And I'm, I'm reading these articles, and like, I can't wrap my head around that. You're telling me I'm going to go run for an hour a day, and I sit here, and it's bad for me? and It's the same as smoking or eating bad? Or- <laughs> I'm, yeah. I believe it, but I couldn't wrap my head around it. So I'm like, ah, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, I get it. So But then I start wearing it. I'm realizing I got this red bar all day. I'm not really moving around. Yeah, right. So then I read this... <laughs> It's still, I see you like you're got, you haven't moved for two hours. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, about that. <laughs> so I, I, um, I finally read this article and there's, there's hundreds, thousands of articles out there. I read this one article on how it related to a runner. And that's when I finally made sense to me. It said, and I wish I saved this article because I can't find it. It said, um, if you're a recreational runner and you run for uh, an hour every morning, just to not get fat. Right. Um, and then you sit for your eight to 10 hours a day, you're gonna lose about 65% of that hour fitness, wow. which is significant. But which is more significant is if you're actively training, you're doing workouts, you're getting your runs in, you're actually trying to build up your VO2 to run faster, you lose almost 80%. I'm like, crap. I said, maybe that's why I'm running so poorly. So yeah, right? <laughs> I end up, I, instead of sitting all day, like I'll get up and I'll walk around while I'm on the phone. I'll, 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 If my red bar comes up, I'll move around. And I would make sure I'm moving around a lot more throughout the day. Um, and at the end of the day, instead of just going downstairs, sitting and eating dinner and and watching TV, sitting some more, I'd go for a walk. And within a month I started feeling better. And within three months I was running better than I had in five years. So I realized that just by sitting around, it's really, it was really affecting me. Um, plus getting older. I mean, you're getting a slow when you get older too, (laughs) but just by doing that and changing that it it enabled me, enabled me to run more days, more miles and train better, um, on top of that. So I'm running better now than I have in a long time.
0: That's interesting, um, and I, I feel like that's something that pro- a lot of people probably take for granted. Uh, thinking on the flip side of, well, if I'm doing all this in my training, why should I be on my feet anymore? You know, I, I, I think, think I think well, a lot of people that have that idea.
1: I think that most fit people, most runners. Well, since we're, we're all runners, I think most runners think they have no no need for an activity tracker. And I I realize that everybody can benefit from it. Yeah. Um, it's I don't think people realize how little they move around when they're at their job.
0: Oh, yeah. You, know, you can get stuck in some serious ruts.
1: Yeah. And and, and then and even if you do a long run on the weekends, like, OK, I just ran for two hours. You know, I, I'm entitled to sit here all day. Well, you it's not good for your body to sit there all right. day, regardless if you did that. You you need to move around to help get the blood flowing so your muscles actually recover better. You know, you need not crazy stuff. You need active recovery. And active recovery is not sitting still for, for another 10 hours.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good point because you figure you're going to be – once you go to bed, you're going to be motionless for a good eight or nine hours depending on your sleep schedule. Yeah. So if you're sitting around for another eight hours, we're talking 16, 20 hours a day, you're doing nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, body was not meant for that.
0: No, it's we're supposed to be mo- mo- moving a little bit. Now, okay, so you mentioned Garmin and this is what I wanted to get into next about you because this is very interesting to me. Uh, i've I've hooked on all the garmin products these days uh, how did you how did you first get involved with garmin and how long ago was it now?
1: My whole career has kind of bounced around you know I, like I went to school I went to Rutgers for computer science and that's what I did for my first few jobs I was com- I was a consultant for the last job I had before um, I got laid off and then when I didn't have a job um, I would do consulting on the side until I end up the the team I was running for uh, the running company, uh, I knew the owner, we were running together. And he asked me if I want to manage one of the stores. I'm like, I don't think I, I didn't go to college, get a computer science degree so I can run a retail store. Right. But at the same time, I didn't have a job. Um, so he offered me to manage two of their stores. And like six months later, I figured I can't stay long if I want to get back into computers. And six months later, um, I, was, I was basically um, pulled out of stores and I was running all the stores. And that turned into you know, basically running all of them up to the point there was like 16 or 17, or whatever, before I left. Um, and I left for, well, I left for a lot of reasons, but I left to go work for Garmin because I needed a job where I wasn't working 70 hours a week and having no life um, and other issues with that. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that, but I had to get out. <laughs> so I went to Garmin and the the um, the the uh, director for fitness at Garmin was my assistant coach in high school.
0: Okay. So
1: that's... I helped him get the job actually at Garmin, and he ended up becoming a director like a year later. Uh, then they needed somebody, so it worked out very well. So it was nice to, to go there, it was nice to work for him, and, and I was selling Garmin from the retail store, so I knew all about him, I was using him. I was using Garmin from the first one. Um, I actually opened up the first Garmin account for a retail store, for a specialty oh, wow. retail, retail store. And now I have them as an account, and it's like a four-digit number compared to everyone else who got like 12. So <laughs> I, I opened up their first account, and although there's no way of proving this, I I, I believe and insist that I've sold more forerunners, the Garmin Watch, than anybody in the world. Um, because for one, Impressive. I've been selling them for 12 years. Um, I was the one, you know, I was selling them to stores, and I was the one who brought Garmin to New York City Marathon, which, you know, sell a lot. Yeah. And I brought them to all these different marathons and I was the one selling them at the time. So I I'd sell hundred in, in a in a weekend or two hundred in a weekend. Whew. And there's not many people who sell that in a year. So now that I've been doing this for twelve years on one side or the other, I've sold thousands, thousands of watches. And wow. I just don't believe there's anybody in the world who's done more. <laughs> that's so, and I'm well, going to stick to that.
0: Well, I know I got mine from you, so
1: there you go. <laughs> so there's, there's that's one more. There's
0: proof of one right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and how much has this product uh, changed? Because you know, you said you had the first one to where it is now. I mean, I see some of these new ones. I guess the six twenty is the the new big one. Nine twenty. Nine twenty. Jeez. Best. And then, so, how well, the, the mu- the has the change be like-
1: been? Well, if you go back to the first one, it was like basically a watch. You yeah. know, it's the top line watch. It's just how are you getting it? Are you getting it with heart rate? You're getting without? Are you getting it with a battery or rechargeable? Um, and then when that updated, it was the same thing: is one watch. You know, you're either buying with heart rate or without. Um, but if you look at them now, we have way too many SKUs. I mean, you can get um, <laughs> anything from a very very entry level hundred dollar watch up to you know this, which is you know four hundred fifty dollars. If you go to our outdoor watches, which are really running watches, they're $500 to $600. So, um, huge range. Um, and then it depends on what you want. I mean, if you just want to know how far you're going and your pace, you go with a $100 watch. But if you want something like the 920, I mean, this is – it's awesome. I don't want to sound like a Garmin commercial, but it's <laughs> awesome. I mean, Garmin is definitely – these watches have definitely helped me train better. Yeah. Um, you know, I've bef- the – what do you have, a 210 or six ten?
0: 610? Uh, I'm actually – believe it or not, I just have the 10. The 10? The 10. Okay. I'm going to upgrade so, soon uh, though. Don't worry. And, and you'll be, I'll, right. be so, I'll be calling you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you go like with the watch I have, it does a lot of heart rate based information. So you can't even wear a heart monitor. No. Now, when I was your age, I didn't wear a heart monitor either, but I have people to me telling me, you don't need to wear heart rate. I can, I know how hard I'm running and I, I've been doing this long enough. You don't, you know, uh, and I've coached enough people that they think they're running the right, the right pace, but without seeing your heart rate, you really don't know. Yeah. Um, um, and unless you're standing there watching somebody you don't know how hard they're running it either so at least you have heart rate. i can train people remotely never even see them because i can see all the carmen data um so but you have all this this great stuff so you have it'll tell you um this one thing is called a training effect it tells you basically how hard an activity took out of you so when this first came out it was um it's probably about four years when that that first the first watch came out that gave you a training effect and it was kind of a funny story because I'm testing it out. We don't have it out yet. And I'm running. And it was actually right when I, right after I turned 40, after I was training my butt off to run, you know, under a 430 mile. And I actually <laughs> trained way too hard. And I, I trained so hard that I was done. I was like, okay, yeah. I have to shut my season down because I'm done. And then soon after I start wearing this one watch, it uses them. And every day, the, the training effect gives you a score of one to five. Um, five means you're overextending yourself. One means you're not doing much. And I kept getting these scores, like, every day of four to five. And I'm like, Oof. I'm doing an easy run, five miles. Yeah, and I'm getting a, a four and a half. I was like, this doesn't work. Yeah. So I remember we're on a conference call. I was like, yeah, this doesn't work. It's like, a really cool feature, but it doesn't work. like, no, it works. You're just running too hard. I'm like, I've been running for a long time. This is, <laughs> this is not hard and this is not right. Um, so like about a month or two goes by, still getting these ridiculous scores. And then I started running some road races in the spring. And I was running 5Ks 45 seconds slower than a year earlier. That's significant. Yeah. And I'm like, something's wrong. So I went to my doctor. Um, my doctor, who's my good friend, he was the one who I was training with, who ran the 226 marathon. Oh, okay. So I was like, hey. I, something's wrong he's sorry like, let's do some blood work so nothing's wrong i'm like maybe the watch is right so i took a month of i cut my mileage down i cut my days down i cut everything down and all of a sudden the numbers started coming down to where they belong I'm like all right, this stuff actually works so it helped me train because if i start seeing my my numbers go up on easy mm-hmm. days i know i need a couple more easy days um but then it's expanded it gives you a vo2 max estimate so it gives you an idea of what kind of shape you're in um and it gives you a lot more information around that so it just gives you you can see when things are going well. If you're not training hard enough, your VO2 can drop, or if you're overtraining, it can go down. But if you're overtraining, you'll see a training effect go up. So, it doesn't tell you right out what's going on, but you can look at the data and figure it out. So, it's pretty cool. Interesting.
0: It's, so, so, uh, so it's has grown quite a bit i mean i i know i only have the most basic pretty much the most yes. basic one you can have now and I, i've been looking at some of the other ones and you know that vo2 max thing is one of the most impressive things to me like when i saw i could do that i'm like holy crap that's pretty damn cool that you can get that on a it, watch it now. is
1: cool <laughs> it's cool but what would be cooler like because i mean have you ever had a vo2 test done uh no nah. have you had so there i've had it done a couple times um they're not necessarily the most fun tests, but the reality is when you get these numbers, it gives you a baseline of where you are and how you should be training. But the reality is you need to do that every three, four, or five weeks so you can yeah. see if things are going the right way. Those tests cost 150 bucks. Yeah, they're they're so, not easy. <laughs> so you buy this watch, you do a couple. It's the equivalent of a few tests. Um, so at least you can see if things are going well, but you know, you don't train really that much often. I mean, getting like a, a lactate threshold or anaerobic threshold, that's a much better number because you're doing a marathon training. It's like, okay, don't go above that. Right. You know, you have a VO2, All just says okay, well, this is your number. It's more of a bragging rights number and it tells <laughs> you what you should be able to run, but um, that doesn't mean you can. So when you can get, when we have watches that give you a, an anaerobic threshold, that's going to be cool.
0: Yeah. Now what's the, what's like the hottest seller? Is everybody all about the 920 or is, are there others still going better?
1: It's been doing really well. We have, we, I mean, I think most of our watches do really well. I don't know what our best seller is. Like whenever we have like the 920 coming out, it just go, that line goes crazy because all the triathletes want it, all the ultra runners want it. Um, and since it does pretty much everything that the 620 did plus more stuff, you know, it was, it, it was doing very, very well. Um, but then our mid-level watch does really well because it's not a lot of money and it does what most people need. You know, Anybody who's doing any kind of racing, you want to be in our mid-level watch, like our 220, and it, it does a lot. It's only $250. So um, it, it hits the sweet spot for most people. But I think you're always going to sell a lot of those 10s or 15s you have because everybody can buy a $100 watch. You yeah. know, it's less than a pair of shoes, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But we have this one watch that is an outdoor watch called the Phoenix 3, and it's really the same as a 920 but on the outdoor side. Uh, but it's more durable and it's it's meant for outdoor but it has all the running stuff and ours is meant for the fitness but it has some outdoor stuff as well so they pretty much overlap and you can get one of these for 600 dollars. like they have this this special one and we sell a lot of them you know i'll go to an expo with them i'm like who's gonna spend 600 bucks on a watch i'll bring five of them and i'll sell out them in an hour i'm like oh wow mistake so but it's amazing so you know everything's going well
0: yeah people do want to invest into it and you know, it, like, you know, you said about the marathon training and, you know, whether it's a triathlete, marathon runner, really any distance runner, if you're putting the time into it, you do want to invest the right amount of money in it to have the right equipment for it. And, you know, Garmin has become one of those big brands that are sort of really giving you everything you can need uh, yeah. through, just through the watch. And, and it's you know, it's impressive to see how much it's been I and mean, for the amount of years you've been with Garmin, it must be pretty pretty fun to watch it continue to grow and now like now where the heck do you guys go from here like what's after the 920 i I think
1: that every time every time we have a new watch come i'm like how are we going to have an update to this yeah like when we had our six our 610 came out what are we going to do like and then we go oh we got vo2 max and we have all these running dynamics to give you others i'm like really like well how are we going to top that so when i start hearing this stuff which i'm not allowed to talk about it is pretty cool but uh we'll see when they come out but even the 920 i mean there's a lot of cool stuff yeah you know um it's it's really nice. then we have this one watch that came out. It's kind of like our our watch kind of our smart watch. you know it's it's a very tiny little watch that has um, you know similar to our 920 where it does smart notifications. so I can get phone calls, text messages, things like that. Yeah. but it's got you can download apps for it. That's what I, I, that's it's what that.
0: I wanted to ask like how do you guys compete with the Apple watch now because that's you know that's like the new trendy thing to do and uh, you guys gotta yeah. hold yourselves above them, you know
1: well, the, the reality is this, you know if someone's gonna buy an apple watch, We're not even in the picture, right? (laughs) It doesn't matter. So um, I I don't think you can compare it that much to our watches. I mean, for one, I I saw that my first one in person um, about a week or so ago. It's a a pretty cool looking watch, you know? But if you want to actually compare apples to apples, you got to compare it to probably to like our our Vivo Active. Our our watch is, um, for one, ours has GPS in it. Theirs doesn't even have GPS. I'm surprised that for $350, it doesn't have GPS. Yeah, that is a little surprising. So ours is actually smaller and has GPS built in.
0: Yeah.
1: The other surprising thing, and I think these are two, probably the two biggest things that I I would say, if you're going to actually compare, not be like I'm buying because it's Apple, which would mean I wouldn't buy the Apple the watches. It also the battery doesn't last you even a full day. Uh, right. And and to me, I, I don't like having to charge my watch once a week, let alone every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a good point. So, and <laughs> and all these watches now are doing your activity tracker. So if you're if you're charging it at night every night, you're not getting your sleep data.
0: Um, so our, our our
1: watch, our watch has the activity tracker built in, it's got the apps, it does all the other stuff and it's got a 10 hour GPS battery. So, um, you know, you, you, the reality is if you're using everything you're using it for, you have to charge it probably every three or four days, but that's still a huge difference compared to every night. Um, and it's a hundred dollars less. Yeah. So it's a pretty nice watch. It's pretty cool.
0: All right, cool. So, yeah, Garmin continuing to grow. And then, you know, like you guys have the Vivo Fit and stuff like that now. So, taking it on all different angles. Uh, and yeah. it's, you know, it's like I said, it's becoming a very big brand. Uh, now, um, along with Garmin, uh, the Garmin Runners team in Jersey. Uh, wh- yeah. How did that sort of start up?
1: Uh, well, um, so the last team I was on was the running company where I used to work. And after I left, you know, I was kind of in, I guess, kind of in charge of the team. And when I left, I really didn't have much to say with the team. And I didn't really like the direction it was going. And it was really kind of falling apart. So, like, you know what? I I want my own team. Um, And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this whole New Jersey uh, Grand Prix thing for over 20 years. So, I've seen a lot of things happen. And I've seen a lot of the way certain teams run it. And I don't want my team – I didn't want a team, I should say, not my team – to be run a certain way. I, I, there's so many, so many teams out there that, um, they want you to run every race. You know, they're pressure. If you don't run a race, they get mad at you. If you go do a long run without them, like it's just all crazy kinds of things. I didn't want anything to do with that. So I want to start my own team, um, where there's no pressure. You know, if you can come do a run with us, you want to do a workout. It's great. If you want to run a race, great. Um, but I don't want any pressure. And then there's also a lot of teams out there that love to go out there and recruit from everywhere, including other teams and. I have a big problem with that. Um, so I, I won't, I won't recruit anybody. Like almost everybody's on my team or come over. It's from somebody's on a team and they know somebody want to join or, um, I run a race with somebody and we end up finishing near each other. and We start talking and they don't run on a, on a team. So I say like, run with us. And it ends up being a good thing. I mean, all, all of my friends now I've met through running and they just followed me to this team. And it's, it was never a plan to have a big team. The plan was to have, you know, um, a bunch of my friends who I've been running with for 10, 20 years, um, team i figure we'll have maybe 20 but we're we've grown to we probably have about 70 people on the team as far as people are actually active i would say in the 40s okay um but i figured i run for garmin my i might as well you know make it a Garmin team it only made sense to me like i don't want to have just a general team um a lot of people think that because we're a Garmin team that we're like a literal Garmin team and we're sponsored by Garmin, we are not <laughs> yeah except for the fact that i do get Garmin to help support you know and pay for our uniforms or, or go towards paying for our uniforms okay. so it does give us a lot more free money to use our dues and everything else for uh parties and 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 buying other things so it's That's nice good yeah um but it's but it, like, i get hey um i want to join your team what do i get you know um nothing if you yeah. want to join our team you join the team because you want to run with us right you know if you get stuff because we do have some things we can do but if that's your reason i don't want you on the team yeah you know um
0: don't don't so, join just to get a free 920 out of me come on <laughs> right exactly <laughs> oh.
1: um, it, it's amazing it's amazing and people like hey if i join your team will you pay for my races i'm like where are you going to find anybody who pays yeah for races? really now, you're an adult. You can pay for your own race.
0: Yeah, and none of these um, races come cheap either anymore. So,
1: <laughs> No. Oh, yeah. I remember when I first got out, it's like, most races were 15 bucks. Now you're looking at if you're under 30 bucks. Like, ah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. You hop so. right
0: on there. If you find a 5K for $25, bucks, you are in. <laughs> yeah. I find a half marathon under $100, i am in.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That's even worse. Half marathons and marathons. I'm like, if I went to a marathon now, it's like 250 Yeah, It's crazy. That's, the,
0: that's what New York was, 250 Boston was 175
1: That's let me tell you how it's changed when I ran Boston. I don't remember how much I paid. I want to say probably 75 bucks. Um, But when I ran Boston, I would sign up. There was no, you don't sign up on the internet. Actually, the internet really didn't exist. <laughs> the, internet didn't, the internet didn't really start coming about until you the mid
0: '90s. You know, you didn't want to age yourself before, but now you're starting to age yourself <laughs> well, a little. <laughs>
1: when, when the internet when it really didn't start coming out until I got out of college, you know, in the early uh, mid '90s, yeah. and my last time ran Boston, I think was '98. So, the internet was there, but there was not really nowhere where it is now. Right. And um, I would mail my entry in in like February or March. Yeah. You know, two months earlier. You if you don't sign up that day in the first hour, you're not in. So it's changed.
0: Uh, yeah, now you got the they got break it down through uh, the qualification standards. You got like yeah. your three day blocks to sign up in September. Uh, you gotta log in to do it, submit your race result. It's a whole it's a whole yeah. production online now. And then the like and then the price fee is is another big change too. <laughs> yeah, those races do not come cheap. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so so are so you a lot of good stuff and uh, any any Great memories in in running for your 30 years you want to leave me with? Anything else that we need to touch on?
1: You know, um like I, I mean I've just enjoyed the running of the you know, there's ups and downs and anything. Yeah. But uh like I said earlier, like high school running was my favorite. It was just one of my favorite times for running. But one of my um one of my favorite races I I, I like I have talked to a lot of people who um, who were great runners and I guess it's all relative to what great is, but you know, either they, they won, you know, a state championship or they, they ran some ridiculously fast time or they, they made it somewhere like in pen relays. And I never had that, you know, like yeah. I was always running well, like, but my best of my running was like one of the best in the county. Like I, you know, or, or like winning a conference title or almost winning the counties, but I never really got anything great. You know, I, I went, I, I won a lot of, you know, out of college, I won a lot of road races and some, some decent sized ones, but nothing great. Um and I was like I always wanted that big race. And probably the most exciting race I've ran, and it was really not a big race, it's just but it was the most exciting for me is um one of my friends puts these races up on in Sussex County. And and I don't know if you know, but Marcus O'Sullivan, uh, do you know who he is, Marcus? Oh yeah, O'Sullivan? I've heard the name, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people might not know he's 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 broken hundred uh he's broken the four minute mile a hundred times or over a hundred times. He's a coach at Villanova now, so he's a very fast runner. And he he lives up there during the summer and my friends like oh yeah, he comes to the races every now and then and he'll just pull somebody through a through a fast time. I'm like, if you ever did that to me, I'll kick him. So um uh, I ended up going <laughs> to this race and um I went to the race and he's like he always same thing. Hey, come to my race today, nobody's nobody good is showing up. And it was during his camp. So I get there and I see um Mike McIntosh, and I don't know if we were talking about him earlier, he was the one who yeah. was second or third in nationals. He's my age, he's third, and he was a he was a, a speaker that day. I'm like you told me there's nobody here. You know, what about him? He's like, Oh, he had a six pack. He can't he can't run very fast. Uh, okay. I'm sure he can still run pretty fast. And then I see this guy in the corner running, I'm like, that guy looks fast. And I go, That's Marcus. I go, well, I thought you said there's nobody here. So he goes, Oh, don't worry about it. So it's a double loop course. And and I was training actually I think it was while I was training for the Philly. You know, so I was um I had done already done a seven mile run in the morning I'm like I'm just getting this for a run. I'm like this is gonna be this is gonna suck. So um the first loop, I'm running and I'm leaving, and there's nobody near me. I'm like, what's going on with these guys? And then the second loop, Marcus comes, catches up to me, and he goes, "Hey, um, uh, you want me to help you pull you through a fast time?" And I'm like, uh, "Sure." I go, um, "I I said, uh, I said, but well, what about Mike? He's right behind." He goes, "Don't worry about him. We're fine." I'm like, "All right." So we end up talking. We weren't even pushing now. We're just talking. And uh, he's like, "You tell me when you want to." Oh no, I said this. What I said, and I was like, "I want you to give me the opportunity. I'll kick you." <laughs> he goes, "Okay." <laughs> so we're running together, and he goes, "You say when." I'm like, uh, "I say no. You you tell me when you're ready." He goes, "No, you say it." So we come around this bend, and we have about. And we got about a quarter mile to go. And I see this, this kid standing on the corner. And from the kid, it's a straight line in. And it's probably about 250. And I said, when we get to that kid, we go. And he's like, okay. And, um, and we got to this kid and I took off and I gapped him. I'm like, oh my God, I'm beating him. And I had him about 10 yards. <laughs> and he slowly started reeling me in and caught me right at the line. And it was like the greatest race. I ever. it was just so exciting. Yeah. And uh, and he says that I slowed down. I'm like, I think you passed me. I said, you picked him. <laughs> no, I. He says you. So, he says I thought you were going to get me, but you slowed down. Like I don't know. And there was this big picture in the paper of him right in front of me winning. And it was like the greatest. thing. I have this big smile oh, on my face. Like, this is the greatest race ever. That's awesome. So, um, what was what was, was the time?
0: Later. What was the time?
1: It was like it wasn't that fast. It yeah. was like sixteen fifteen. Okay. Um, Before my second run of the day, and for yeah, just pretty good.
0: From, just it, hopping in, yeah. Was,
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't do that now. I say it's not that fast. I can't do that now. But um, yeah, and then there were some people took pictures. I have this actually I have a I have a picture on my back wall of me in front of him. I have that all the time. I always see that. as Me in front of him. <laughs> that's great. And it was a, a great thing. I, I like that picture better when I'm in front of him.
0: Yeah, that's a, it yeah. Was, you can hold that memory.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you know, and I tell people that, and like, they don't really understand why that's such a big deal. I'm like, I don't have these races where I was I won this huge race. I yeah. had this you know and i get to run one against one of the best runners in the world yeah and, and i almost beat him
0: it's <laughs> you know sometimes i think that's what the great thing about this sport is you can you know it's it's all about everybody's own personal moment you know it's not about yeah. the gold medal it's not about standing on the podium setting a world record i mean all those things are great but the reality is it's like the smallest percentage in the world of people that can actually do that but everybody yeah. can find their own way to really love yeah. and be fulfilled in the sport and that story right there is the perfect example.
1: I think people forget that it's like times are all relative. Yep. You know like some people say oh you're running really fast I'm like yeah but I just got beat by this guy by a minute. You know and maybe I beat you by a minute but for you that's fast. It's all relative. You know you take out of it we can get out of it
0: yeah you're right and you know you've been doing it for 30 years and uh you know it's been good enough for you to want to keep doing it all these years later even with uh you know back issues getting hurt ups and downs but yeah it's still a huge part of your life and you're, you're enjoying it
1: yeah We'll see how long it keeps going. I keep saying I don't know if I want to do this, but uh, there's definitely days you walk out there and like I don't think I can want to do this anymore. And then yeah. you know you have a good day and you love it. it's like oh, I'm gonna do this another year.
0: Yeah, well, you've probably been feeling like that every other month the last uh, ten <laughs> yeah. years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, you look at some of these people and um, who are in their sixties and seventies and eighties, and it's like it's like it's crazy because you, you, I can't imagine forty years now still running, Whew. but. Um, I'll tell you, you will remember this if you're still running 15 years from now. You you don't understand what it's like and when you get old, it's run until you actually get there. Because yeah. I didn't appreciate it. I, I used to run with these guys. That would be your age and I was running with guys who were 10, 12 years older than me and they were running fast. I mean, these 40-year-old guys were on like 16-minute, 16 1635Ks. 16 I'm like... That's not a big deal. I mean, it, you're just forty. It doesn't matter. Right. And now I'm there. I'm like, no, it does matter. That's fast. <laughs> That's freaking moving for that
0: age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It's you. You can. It's a whole different perspective. And I'll uh, I'll make sure I appreciate it more uh, next time I'm <laughs> out there. <laughs> uh, well, all right, Gary. I Appreciate you giving us some time. It was fun. Uh, hope you hope you all enjoyed right. going down memory lane a little bit.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: All right, great stuff, Gary. I really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to know Gary a little bit through uh, Mike Sirocco, uh, and he, Mike said, yeah, you got, definitely got to get Gary on, and it was well worth it. We talked about a lot of good things there. Uh, and the Garmin stuff's real interesting, uh, how far it's grown and, and how key that simple little watch, well, it's not really that simple, but how key that watch is to so many runners, and I really do want to upgrade one because, you know, I'm bumping my training up more and more each year, it seems. And I feel like I could probably benefit from having a, a – pro- I, and I probably deserve a more high-tech watch, I guess. You know, you got to treat yourself in this world. Maybe I'll get myself a high-tech watch. I know I don't treat myself to a whole lot more. Uh, but thanks again to Gary. A real blast talking with you. And uh, like I said, I'm glad you get to be number 10. You bring the show to double digits. So thanks again to Gary Rosenberg uh, for joining the mile mark. But all right, that was episode 10. Remember to like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash the mile mark. Share that page. Pass it around. I'm going to have some uh, running sneaker contest this summer. i got to figure out when to do it, but it's going to be done through the facebook page also follow me on twitter at matt underscore doll 13 subscribe to the show on itunes give it a review just mark it five stars for the hell of it why not uh you can also listen stitcher.com search the mile mark and then soundcloud.com slash the mile mark pass the show around help me out here uh we're gonna keep going episode 10 is in the books Uh, I am your host, Matt Dahl. This is the Mile Mark Podcast. Remember to set your alarm a little earlier this summer and still
1: get out the door to put in your miles. We'll talk again next week.